All right, gentlemen, are we ready? We are ready. Primed and ready. Let us proceed. And welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I am your host, Neil Porter, and I am joined this week by the one true Ben and Mike. And uh, ben, Mike, Ben, we can hear you a lot better today. Where? What's going? What's up with that? I am broadcasting tonight from an undisclosed location. Aha! That is closer to actual internet land, as opposed to where I am no- normally, where our, our internet consists of smoke signals and Morse code. <laughs> Well, yeah. it sound you sound better. Hopefully, yes. like when you move, you'll sound this good all the time. I always sound this good. You just can't hear me that well. So, well said. <laughs> all so. right. Well, this episode is going up uh, a week before July the fourth, assuming I get my ass in gear and putting it and put it up on time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the most recent episode's delay was because of actual, like, corruption of the audio file. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. If it does, I apologize. What? Everything was, it's a plot to a Blizzard game. Everything was fine, but then corruption. <laughs> yes, every Blizzard there's game. There's the plot for every Blizzard game in the last, you know, decade at least. Corruption! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Huh. So, in, in light of July the 4th, um, and the fact that the three of us recording are American, even though we have, I think, at this point, three dedicated listeners from Ireland. Hi, Irish people, by the way. Um, yeah, the, the way I know this, by the way, is we, the website actually keeps analytics of the IPs that visit us. So either it's actual Irish people or people who, um... Have a VPN set to Ireland. Yeah, have a VPN set to Ireland, which is also right. possible. Also, hello to, um, our many Canadian listeners. And one person in France. Hello. Or bonjour, I suppose. Sorry for ruining the pronunciation. Thank you for the naval assistance. It Indeed. was uh, crucial. That of honor I... to General Lafayette. Ah, okay. During least, the Revolutionary War. At least that's what I assume he's referencing. Mainly, yes. Just I meant in general. Uh, ah, right. Yeah. Yeah, because America's all is. I mean, America for all that we give give France crap, we've long had a very good relationship mm-hmm. with France. You know. Well, I mean, you know, it was, it was pretty straightforward. It's like, oh, you hate the British, we hate the British. Hey, and let's be bros. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's fight. Let's shoot them together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and then we became friends. And you know, they said, you know, the French said, oh, you Americans, you have you have this revolutionary idea. Let's we will battle it. We will use it. And then that kind of got out of control. But um, but yeah, well, I mean, we've long had a very good relationship with France, and you know, after after that initial disagreement, you know, with Britain, you even have a decent real relationship with them now that now that the parents have kind of cooled down and 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 uh, and gotten a little more hip and groovy, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, patriotic movies. America. So a lot of a lot of war movies because you know America's patriotism. <laughs> yeah, patriotism equals guns. <laughs> well, I'm it 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 is it is it is trite but true. But patriotism for any home country flares most when in, when engaged in armed conflict. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, a, correl- it's a correlative thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Well, it's when you need it the most. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Because you need people willing to put their lives on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you know peacetime it's hard to get people to do that you know or people are you know it's like hey there's something because it's 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 there it's tactile it's right in front of them mm-hmm. so. uh, but of course before we do that we have signal boosts to give and um i will start by signal boosting a thing that i mentioned a while back um uh, if well, in the last episodes of last season so last year um we had a situation where we couldn't get together to record, so I talked about four movies I had seen recently. Um, one of those movies was a absolutely phenomenal uh, uh, piece uh, in the mystery genre. There was also something of a deconstruction of it. A film called Knives Out. Um, Which is now on... It's now on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Amazon Prime. You should really freaking see it. Like... Is one of the things where I really want, like, I want this movie to be successful so that it gets more movies made about it. Like, so, and the great thing about the great thing about that movie, mm-hmm. um, what makes it particularly patriotic in its scope, it's got Captain America and James Bond. And James Bond. <laughs> James Bond doing a, a absolutely fantastic over the top Southern dandy accent. I should point out too. Daniel Craig's accent is just is just a lot of fun in it. Well, Daniel Craig's actually a really good actor. I mean, uh, we see him in first show up, you know, in uh, in Tomb Raider, and mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, he he doesn't sound quite like Bond. So yeah, no, he's uh, he's another, another really good movie. He's in Defiance. I highly recommend that. That's a great movie. And another movie that he was in that's a lot of fun, but really couldn't be called good, was Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> I enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie, but I wouldn't call it a good movie. I would call it an enjoyable movie. Yeah, yeah it's enjoyable movie. I delineate I'll that. I'll check right, that out. Right. I hear it's like yeah. under, it's like just hour and un, under an hour and a half or something. So it's not a lot of commitment, you know. Right. You've got James Bond and Han Solo. Yeah, I have, I have a hardcore delineation between movies that I enjoy and would love to watch versus movies that I think are good from like a literary criticism standpoint. Artistic, right, right. Fartsy, fartsy point of view. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and Cowboys and Aliens definitely does not really have much artistic or literary merit, but it's fun. By the way, that's it's what we call a teaser, watch. kids, because there's going to be a lot of movies and uh, media in general that are patriotic that are mm-hmm. just like raw enjoyable, raw good enjoyable stuff good. and then there's stuff that's you know mm-hmm. more on the artistic uh side and of course those that, that straddle uh, both mm-hmm. of those right. categories yeah right speaking of speaking of teasers uh sh- shouldn't we be spoiling something uh we're, we're gonna get to that in a second don't we have other um I, i'm assuming yes. i have I'm, i assume i'm not the only person who's seen a thing that they want people to be aware of this week or this recording or whatever the hell yeah, this uh, this episode, this session. Yep. Yeah, I've got well, an old um, school um, recommendation. Uh, when I say old school. I just mean like you know, it's been a few years. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I've uh, got my hands on a Nintendo Switch recently, which was an achievement in and of itself, with them being so popular, with everyone stuck at home with kids and the like. Um, and so it's kind of obvious, uh, especially people that like the franchise, but Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is an extremely good game. Um, and just oh. Nintendo Switch in general is just really friggin' awesome. Um, I love how it's um, it's quite literal with the with the term Switch. Like, you have it in the dock, you're in the, the home version, the console version, and you just lift it out of there, and it instantly transfers everything into tablet mode. Like, there's no waiting, there's no button to press, thing to do, thing to change. It's just you just lift it up and you're good to go. It's it's pretty awesome. Hmm. 
and you can play it like on your regular TV. Yeah, yeah. If you get the full version, they have uh, this new thing that came out more recently, which is like two two hundred bucks called the Switch Lite, but that's like just the mobile version. Like it doesn't have the dock and stuff, and oh. battery life isn't as good. I unless someone is just like sure that that's pretty much all they're going to be doing is using it on the go or whatever, then I'd recommend getting the uh, the traditional one, like I did. But yeah, Legend of Zelda, super amazing. Um, it's been long time since i've uh since i've played uh, a zelda game i think twilight princess for the wii is the last time i i did and that was like the end of 2006 so it's been a while right almost almost old enough to drive <laughs> 14 years so yeah that's my obvious plug just nintendo switches are awesome legend of zelda breath of the wild is a, a must buy in my humble opinion okay well, as mine, well as smash uh, brothers because smash brothers right. good smash brothers yeah, I think um, speaking of, is it um, is it the Pit Boy Fallout Boy uh, coming to Smash Brothers? I have not heard, but there there is a lot of DLC stuff, so it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if it did. Right. So, well, my uh, my um, signal boost this week is for actually kind of patriotic in its in its way. Um, I, I watch a lot of uh, a lot of different you know YouTube channels um, and. The two, you know, um, <clears throat> a lot of times I will also watch, uh, so one on CBS All Access, I watch SEAL Team, love that, love that show, uh, because it is a big, it, it's very pro-vet, um, you know, going, you know, hitting the, hitting the things that veterans, um, you know, deal with, um, you know, especially, especially our younger set, younger veterans. But also, um, another thing I watch on YouTube is Kenneth Cram's uh, YouTube channel. He does a lot of uh, a lot of videos on bushcrafting, um, and his is a historical based. So he will he will oftentimes have like um, instrumental music from and you know and, and songs from the 1800s. You know um, he has a lot of focus on the post Civil War era. Uh, that's like you know because every historian has their has their their place uh, that they like. Uh, he is mostly the eighteen late eighteen hundreds uh, when you had a lot of Civil War veterans and such you know wandering the you know not so much the Wild West but down you know down in like Texas and South Texas which is where he is. Um, so there's a lot of historical accuracy to you know to the things that he does because he does a lot of stuff that is um, you know based on books from uh, folks from that era. And you know, basically primitive heaven. So yeah, Kenneth Cram. That's with a K, uh, Kenneth, and K R A M M on YouTube. If you want to see historical camping. Different spelling, but Cram is also a, a drug you take in Fallout, isn't it? It's a Cram is uh, is a is a takeoff of spam. It's a food. Or was that uh, Shadowrun? I know there's a fictional drug reference in there somewhere. Yeah, Cram. I think. <laughs> I think I may be thinking of Shadowrun. Yeah. Um. So. Double food's good, but I can't. But I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find that. You what now? Oh, you. Oh, yeah. Hang on a second. I'll see if I can find it. I will use my. Yeah, I'm not finding anything with. Uh, I only have so many Boolean operators that I can use. Cram was uh, was a food stuff in Fallout. Ben is right in in that regard. Um, let me see here, because I found a list of drugs in uh, in Shadowrun. Oh. There's a whole metric fuck ton of them. <laughs> right. We're past the one and a half minute mark for for YouTube, right? Um, I think so. Cram, <laughs> yeah, cram is a uh, is a drug in Shadowrun. 
Well, there you go. Duly noted. So, well done, Mike. Any other boosting to be had, or do you want to move on to spoiler? That's that's pretty much all that I had. Big thing, I mean, aside from that, um, I've been playing a lot of Persona 5 Royal. I I rebought Persona 5 with an expan essentially with an expansion pack when paid full price for it again. Not that I, I actually I don't didn't don't think I paid full price when I bought the first one. I think I bought it used, but still, um, it's really good. It, I don't regret paying another sixty dollars for that game, even if I had paid sixty dollars for it the first time. Which game is this? Persona Five. Oh, okay. Okay. Persona games are a really interesting mix of high school simulator and dungeon crawling RPG. Got it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to. Um, it's it's pretty hard to explain, honestly, because literally half the game you're just a high school student. You're talking to people, going on dates, etc., and the other half you are. Um, you are getting a mild primer in uh, Gnosticism and uh, and and fighting uh, people's con- conceptual personifications of the devil and God themselves. You know, high yeah. school stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that that is one other th- the one thing that's really interesting about it. Like it, re- um, I guess I am doing a little bit more of a uh, signal boost on it. It is a very light primer on the basic tenets and, conce- and concepts of, Gnost- of Gnosticism, if you're at, at all familiar with, the con- with Gnosticism. And if you're not, look it up. It's really fucking complex and complicated and weird, and there are multiple different sect- sects and interpretations of it, and I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time in, like, two of, two of these episodes to get it to scratch, really, the surface. Right. Huh. Anyhow, um, so spoiler of the week, <laughs> um, and that is, of course, that uh, dog is a fine meal, and that'll make sense a little bit later in the episode. All right. Unless you've seen that movie uh, already. Right. I don't think I have. What movie? Well, you, you definitely have. Um, <laughs> I just don't remember that line. That's fair. We'll get to it. So where do we want to start? Well, there are a couple different places we could start. Okay. We could start at the beginning of the uh, of we could start at the at the beginning of America from a uh, from a filmic and and uh, and dramatic uh, point of view, i.e., with mm-hmm. uh, I'd say pro- with 1776. Right. Um, Hamilton a close second on that one. Well, Hamilton actually like it. It's it's there plus. Stuff about the re- other stuff about the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Um, for those but who I do mean... not know, 1776 was a Broadway musical um, that was later adapted into film about uh, the uh, Continental Congress and the uh, writing and signing of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 70- 1776. Even though actually it was mostly signed on August the 3rd, if I, if I recall correctly. Details. Uh, it's 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 a very interesting little bit of uh, of um, trivia, yeah. Because it was ratified in seven uh, um, on on December the fourth, but a lot of the actual signing did not occur until significantly later. Um, it all started on July fourth. Yes, it started on July fourth, but it didn't end for a while. <laughs> right. Um, and meanwhile, the Brits are going, "What's up with the Americans?" Um, the signed version that that uh, that Actually, you know is famous and exist that that people are are that you know like is in the is in the archives etc. Um, 
wasn't signed until August the second. I was I was off by a day. Sorry. Oh, shame on you. Yep. <laughs> so interesting thing about this the whole time period. Mm-hmm. It took about thirty days to travel. You know, it took a well, it took a while. Um, I'm not sure if thirty days was where it was in 1776. But it took a minute to travel across the ocean. To which cross is one... the pond, quote-unquote, yes. Exactly. So this Because is you were why... dealing with sailing this vessels, you know. Right. The, uh, the steamship had not yet been invented. Mm-hmm. For that matter, I don't believe the steam engine had yet been invented. When, when, when did the Industrial Revolution start? 1800s? Mm. <laughs> Let's see here. How long has it been, has it been since I took high school hist- um, <laughs> world history? <laughs> Right. Let's see here. Industrial Revolution, 18th to 19th century. So, Industrial Revolution, we're talking early 1800s, between 17, um, it was starting in the 1760s, um, and really took off between like 1820, The steam engine did in fact exist, but the steam ship, but, but it had not yet been uh, adapted for, uh, mm-hmm. for uh, the majority of... of uh, of ocean going uh, travel right. at that time. <laughs> so yeah, you're talking, you know, ships that can only travel at the speed of wind. Um, so which yeah. is pretty fast on the ocean, but still, right? But still, I mean, you're well, okay. You're 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 pushing a ship, yep. you know, um, with that. So yeah, you're looking at oh god, you know, days, weeks to cross the pond, um, you know. It's no wonder Benjamin Franklin made the you know made the made that crossing so many times mm. you know um, you know every time he went he stayed for months <laughs> so and um, there are no reasons why Ben Franklin would want to be away from his wife <laughs> um, yeah, if you're not familiar by the way Ben Franklin was a randy horrible womanizer along with being brilliant yep yeah <laughs> yeah. He was well. He was a polymath, yeah. Um, so yeah, and yeah, geniuses tend to be unstable to begin with. <laughs> oh, but uh, so seventeen seventy six. Um, it's a uh, it's a really it, it's a it, it's a I mean it's a musical. So if you don't go in for musicals, then you probably won't enjoy it. But um, it has a very good film adaptation. I've seen a couple times. Um, I used to know. Uh, I used to know the the uh, the all the lyrics to uh, a really heart wrenching piece that I want to say is called "Is Anybody There?" Um, give me a second here. Yes, "Is Anybody There?" Which is this really just heart wrenchingly destroying sad song about um, writ- that that is essentially uh, the musical adaptation of a letter written by Washington while at Valley Forge. <laughs> Um, and begging for help and reinforcements and hearing nothing, and sung by John by John Adams, who is the lead uh, who is the lead character in, in the in the uh, in the in the play slash movie. Also, molasses to rum is another very good song. So these are the lyrics you used to know. I used to know the I used to know like I used to have prepared as a as a vocal audition piece. Is anybody there? Then my voice dropped more through high school, and I can't hit the high notes because I used to be more of a tenor than a than a baritone to bass. Okay. So, so yeah, seventeen seventy six. I've heard good things about it. I need to see it. I it, it it's yeah. it it is 
in in musical theater um in musical theater circles it is a it is what one would call a classic well anybody who's watched a disney movie in the past 10 years 20 years mm-hmm. you know can't say that they don't like musicals because dad yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know well there's a difference between a disney musical and an adapted broadway musical yeah what is better Speaking also, of Broadway there, musicals, there's some that aren't necessarily musicals as well when it comes to Disney movies. Yeah. This is true, but still. Speaking of Broadway musicals, um, Hamilton, um, the rec- the the recording of the uh, original uh, Broadway cast is going to be released on Disney Plus on July 3rd. I don't know why they didn't just have it be on July 4th. I guess because they wanted people to watch it on a Friday, um, because well, that's yeah, when people can... stream movies. Yeah, I'm um, sure there's mm-hmm. some uh, some math and there, there's got to be ratings math there. involved there, but um, also it gives yeah. you a buffer. So if like you know there's some kind of tech stuff you've got, you know, there is that there. as well. Um, like right, crazy amount and more of people are like whatever. More people are likely to be semi sober on Friday night than they. That's are. true. A lot more pe- A lot of people are going to have plans for July the fourth yeah, night. Yeah, that's true. Good Might point. not have as many yeah. plans for July the third night. There, I hadn't thought about about that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a uh, it's a fantastic fantastic uh, telling of most of Hamilton's life. Um, Alexander Hamilton specifically, um, guy on the ten dollar bill. He was uh, Secretary of Treasury, I think. Yeah, Secretary of the Treasury under under Washington. He was never a president. Um, got killed by Aaron Burr in a dual currency, but never a president. Yeah. It's, it's funny because people talk about about uh, currencies like you know pictures of dead presidents and like yeah two of the major ones aren't and and well <laughs> yeah I was gonna I was gonna yeah. say uh let's see there there's uh, okay. Washington and Lincoln and Jackson yeah, there, and there's Grant. There, there's yeah seventy good good uh, um did you remember uh, did you remember Jefferson oh Jefferson the two dollar bill right yeah, yeah. the two dollar bill easy that to no forget one, that, that no one remembers but yeah and yes people two dollar bills are still really things. Well, they are um, they're very popular around. I think the Chinese New Year. Uh, yeah, due to uh, the numerology, I think. I can't remember. I do remember hearing something about that, but yes, the two dollar bill is a is a is a bill that is still in print and circulation. It's one of it, it and the one are the only ones still using the old the old non big uh, picture design that uh, that took over the five ten. Uh, 20, 50, and hundreds because right, nobody the one, wants, ones nobody and wants twos aren't worth counterfeiting. <laughs> exactly, they're not worth exactly. counterfeiting. You you probably lose money in the in in the uh, in the offing. Right. I use a two dollar bill as my violin mute. <laughs> and yes, I play the violin. And you can use them. You can use a dollar bill as a mute. Works really well. Um, I, hmm. so I use a two dollar. Because I had a two dollar bill and I wanted to use it as a mute because it's interesting. Right. Two dollar bill also has one of the best back paintings on it, you know, because it has yeah, the Declaration of Independence. It's the signing that. of the Declaration of Independence. Oh man, that is a really, really high resolution scan on Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> that's that a great tableau. The signing. Yeah, it, it's excellent. So yeah, it really kind of got a got a. It got redesigned in '76, I think, wasn't it? Or it got it was it was discontinued until '76. It was reprint. It was re it it re, was reissued into print in 1976. By the way, we're not talking about but right '72, yeah. right? Because um, so. it was discontinued in '66 and then reissued in '76 for the for the uh, for the bicentennial. 
Right. Mm. Um, but Hamilton, I, I think I'm the only person of our group who's watched the bootleg recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally muddled through it. Like, my problem is it's... I recognize it's a bootleg, so it's not going to be very good quality, but the but the the quality of the bootleg is still pretty low. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very, very hyped for uh, for this for for seeing a you know an HD professional, not illegal uh, recording of it. Hmm. Um, All right. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've just seen some individual songs and clips, so I'm yeah. I'm excited to see it. I've, I've and it seems listened, amazing. Yeah, I've seen. listened to the soundtrack. Um, there was a little bit of, of interesting controversy that sparked up uh, this week about it uh, because it got a, it, it got an official rating from the MPAA, and it's rated PG-13. Which, um, if anyone who's if anyone's listened to the soundtrack, they would know that that should be impossible uh, because they say fuck too many times, specifically yeah. too too many times. They had to edit out two fucks from the movie because they said it three times and you can only say it once and keep and, and keep the uh the the movie PG thirteen. So they had two fucks to give. Yes. Lynn Manuel Miranda had literally actually uh tweeted that. Yeah, I had two fucks to give about this about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and there there will be argument, I'm sure, amongst the internet as to which of the fucks they should have kept. Because all three are pretty are pretty precision f strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing as I can't remember which one, like I can't remember which one they kept and which one they didn't keep, and right. the context of all three, um, I can't say which. I can't see whether say whether I think they made the right decision. Well, we can report more <clears throat> on that later. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I that. But I am so... super. I'm super psyched for that, and uh, because I mean. It's Hamilton. It's you know, it's a it's a ticket you can't that one, when Broadway was still open, you couldn't get tickets for. Right. And now you're really never going to be able to get tickets for it again because the uh, because because the Rona has uh, has canceled all prop, all popular entertainment forever, um, <laughs> or at least it really feels like that. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I want to see it. I've heard so much mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. The soundtrack's bloody amazing. I've listened to the soundtrack more than once. Um, and honestly, if you've listened to the soundtrack, you pretty much know the entire plot of the, of the, uh, of the movie too, because they're not, it's not like, um, it's, it's, it's very dialogue light. The play is, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like Les Miserables actually in in that regard, which is a bit, which is a good, uh, French patriotic movie. It's about one of, one of France's many, many, many revolutions. Um, (laughs) that one failed. I think that was the Easter revolution. No, the Easter Revolution was uh, was Ireland. I'm sorry. Um, what is Lee Miz about? Uh, da, 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 da. It is what? Where? It, find me the yeah. I, which French Revolution in the 1900s? <laughs> uh, that's a great out of context line. There were a lot, there, when you click 19th century France, it lists why it lists um one two three four five six. It lists seven different um, revolutions. Different, it, it, well, not not revolutions, but uh, but governing but governing bodies slash revolutions. Because you got <laughs> the republics versus the monarchies versus the empires versus the revolutions. Right, because didn't you have Napoleon in there somewhere? <clears throat> uh, well, you had the Second Empire under under Napoleon the Third. You had uh, and you also had Napoleon the First. Yes, yeah, so you had. 
The French Revolution, the First French Republic, the First French Empire, the Bourbon Restoration, the July Monarchy, the Second Republic. Uh, <laughs> Those crazy French. It's like they, you know, and they have a, you know, they have a whole. It's like they have a whole different word for everything. This was like the was the June Rebellion of nineteen of eighteen thirty two. That was that was what I was trying to find. <laughs> the specific rebellion. That specific rebellion. <laughs> Of Miss. Right. Which, you know, again, part of our, you know, part of our shared culture with France. You know, mm-hmm. we had a revolution. They said, yeah, that's a, this, this, is, this is, is a great idea. idea. We can <laughs> do that. Let's do it like five times. Right. They were practicing. Uh, <laughs> so, so what do we, what's next? I, I got one that's, uh, that chronologically, cinematically predates, you know, cinematically predates, uh, um, 1776 and um, and Hamilton. Yeah, I don't worry that? too much about chronology. It's just mm-hmm. well, off. right. Well, Sergeant Sergeant York um, is done in 1941, uh, and so you mean it, it post dates them? Well, the, it the movie itself was made in 41. Well, yeah, but I, but you said it predates. The, so I would say that it becomes comes before 1776 and Hamilton. You're talking about World War One. That that's significantly after. It, the yeah, wrong historically. Word Right. Well, cinematically, anyways. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, this was um, yeah, cinematically. Cooper. Yeah, sure. I'll give you that. Okay. So Sorry. yeah, Gary Cooper actually won an Oscar uh, for his portrayal of Sergeant York. Um, Sergeant Alvin Colum York mm-hmm. was one of the most decorated United States Army soldiers of World War One. Yes, it was. According yes, it to was. his Wikipedia article, mm-hmm. including the including the uh, the the uh, Congressional Medal of Honor. Yep, yeah. I mean, well, and the thing was is that York was a the, the scary thing about this guy is he started off as a pacifist. <laughs> yeah, he was, a, he was, if I recall correctly, he was a conscientious objector and was a Quaker, right? Um, no, he was he was a recent convert because uh, he was originally kind of a kind of a hellraiser uh, until he got struck by lightning uh, at one point. Okay, this is even more badass now. Yeah, I don't it remember the lightning best. part. I, I do remember uh, reading about him in history class and stuff, but I don't. Remember. I didn't hear the lightning yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, he got struck by lightning uh, on his way home, um, and um, he was on his way. Basically, he had, um, as I recall from the movie, he'd been raising money um, to buy some prime bottomland. Uh, which, if you um, anything about farming. Bottom land is down near the river, so it's always, you know, it's close to the, to the water table. It's always the most fertile land. Mm-hmm. And, and it only raises the money every time it floods. Mm, depends on where you, where it is. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the floods in the spring. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. so he, um, he raises the money through a sharpshooting um, competition to buy the land which was like, you know, $20. Um, but the guy he had originally arranged to sell it to basically backs out of the deal, sells it to someone someone else. Um, and he's on his way basically to kill the guy and get struck by lightning. He's going, you know, that's literally, you know, may lightning strike me dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he took that as a sign of, oh, I'm, I shouldn't be doing that. So he converts, uh, eventually has to, you know, kind of cons- reconcile the need to fight you know, with his uh, with his newfound Christian faith, um, and he kind of reconciles it through uh, you know uh, the verse about uh, the verse about give unto Caesar that which is Caesar and unto God that which is God's, and so his duty to country was giving unto Caesar. Um, but yeah, the guy was a good shot, and 
uh, one of the one of the in record, you know, it uh, reconstructs one of his uh, you know most memorable. Uh, and I think I remember the most about this movie is that when he was going to make a you know needed to make a particularly tough shot, he would basically lick his thumb and then run it along the side of the front sight, uh, the front post on his rifle. Um, and then he does that, and basically he's basically just shooting into a trench full of German soldiers that are trying to get to a machine gun and just eventually makes them all surrender. And he does this with a bolt-action rifle because <laughs> the M1 had not been invented yet. So, yeah, the man was a badass on several levels. <laughs> yeah, I was just refreshing my memory on some of the some of his exploits here. And um, um, the, the thing I remember most, um, most from reading about him uh, growing mm-hmm. up was how he, uh, he, he famously... Um, took out a group of 17 German soldiers and didn't miss a single time. And he was instrumental in taking this machine gun position and just Mm -hmm. the sheer insanity of him being, he was like a corporal at the time. He hadn't got his field promotion to Sergeant yet, Um, but just him and a handful of, uh, of troops, um, they wound up capturing 132 Germans. It was like mm-hmm. less than 20 guys captured 132 Germans. And it wasn't just, right. it was, it wasn't just the numbers against numbers. It was like they were the guys in a, in a machine gun nest. Like it's one of the most crazy David and Goliath skirmishes you ever hear about. Mm-hmm. And then I, this part I didn't remember. Um, uh, apparently six German shoulder soldiers charged him with bayonets and he drew his pistol and killed all of them. And that's like out of some John Woo movie. It's friggin' crazy. Right. Because back then, I don't know that they were using the uh, using the forty five. I think they were still using revolvers. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. It doesn't specify here, but uh, I know the revol the um the 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 well, it was called the 1911 for a reason. That's when it be you know became mm-hmm. a thing. So mm-hmm. it's it's right. either one's possible because you know there's the officially when a firearm is adapted in the military and then there's that like transitional period where like some people are still using right. the old older weapon so it's unclear right. at least on this article which pistol he was right. using at the time and the thing i like about that too is the officer in charge basically draws his gun and shoots at york empties the entire bag and yep. misses every time that's, that's like that like... scene in pulp fiction where that dude rushes out it's like die ah, your mother ah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's right or yeah it's just like you know he's like wonder it's like there is yeah there's that like armor of god thing going on so also a, uh, just a classic example of picking your shots instead of just unloading your magazine mm-hmm. yeah well and the, and the beauty of it is that um the bottomland that he had wanted um to to buy when he came home after armistice day a uh, bunch of a uh, bunch of folks in tennessee basically purchased a farm for him, uh, for him and his new wife, um, and basically just gave it to him, you know, because, I mean, this dude just made t- put Tennessee on the map. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, and like I said, it was the high, and the film was the highest grossing film of 1941, won Gary Cooper Academy Award for Best Actor. Um, and evidently, you know, it was a big morale boost for our, for our boys overseas, you know, from, uh, for or at least for our, actually for folks here. Um so yeah, um, yep. so yeah, and in York, I mean, York was a badass dude. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, because you got to think, um, you know, somebody, somebody opening fire with you, you know, you with a pistol and missing every time, <laughs> you know, 
if you still got the stones to stand there and accept his surrender, <laughs> I'm just like, I, you know, I, I would, I would be going, yeah, you know what? I surrender. <laughs> You're just yeah, all of mad. Cause I don't want to kill any, I don't want you to kill anyone. That's yeah. That That's like God walking, you know, walking in with, you know, with it, with a rifle. Um, it's just, he was him and Audie Murphy. You know, we had some really great, um, you know, really great. And Audie Murphy went on to, win, to be an actor too. Speaking of patriotic war films. Are we about out of things to say about this one? Because I got another thing I'd like to I'd like to see if anyone else has seen. Go for it. All right, go for um, it. Because you because I haven't honestly I haven't seen Sergeant York, so I kind of had to just kind of sit mm-hmm. that one out. Um, uh-huh. re- but as you were talking about it, it reminded me uh, about a person who had uh, who sound sounded kind of similar except for all the killing. Um, which was uh, Desmond Doss, uh, the uh, the subject of the film Hacksaw Ridge. Ah, yes. Um, who was a he was a conscientious observ- objector who enlisted as a pacifist um, and became a corpsman um, and uh, saved the hell out of like his entire, pretty much his entire, like a very large amount of his unit during a. Uh, during the Battle of Okinawa, <laughs> hmm. um, because he essentially just kept going out and carrying people to carrying people out of out of uh, out of the battlefield. It's kind of right. like a it's like a real life Forrest Gump situation where it's yeah. like run in, get the guy, run out, run in, get the guy, run out. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's that's the thing about I mean, you that's you realize that most of the guys who are doing the most the bravest things are trying to save lives. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just looking and going in there to kill people. They're, you know, they're trying to save their friends' lives. And just, just as a side note, it's one thing that you'll notice um, that I've, I've, you know, I heard a long time ago is you can tell the difference between, you know, like a, um, like a British, a French, um, and an American soldier. Because, you know, a French soldier will die for France. British soldier will die for the regiment. American soldier will die for his buddy. And I think that's the thing that makes, you know, that, that makes the, makes the, this of these movies so well. Audie Murphy uh, was in a movie to Helen back, uh, speaking of, that was uh, based on his, his exploits, um, which is kind of funny because he won every medal that we could, you know, the United States could offer. And if you Audie Br- Murphy as himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. Look at the, look at the. I, 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 I'm, in, I'm, I'm going to Wikipedia pretty much everything, and I, I highly recommend people Wikipedia Audie Murphy just to look at the just the entire damn hardware store on his chest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. if you look at the picture on his chest, it's like you know, it goes from his shoulder to his almost to his navel, and the, you look at the, um, I mean, you look at the, you know, starts with the Medal of Honor, Distinguished Service Cross, and it's just like keep going, keep going, and some of them are foreign. <laughs> You know, yeah, he won, you know, not only, uh, you know, not only, you know, with the U.S., but, you know, with the French and I think the Belgian. <laughs> French and the Belgians, yes. It's like, God, you know, and uh, and the kid came from a sharecropping family, you know, and originally he's like Captain America because he kept getting 4 f out by everybody until the, until the army finally took him. Yeah, you, you saw um, a lot of that um, in, you know earlier conflicts like the uh, you know world war one world war two um where you'd have a lot of you know 
um, young people and people that are like on the um, on the fence as far as like the the physical like you know requirements or mm-hmm. whatever. And they would just keep just keep plugging away until somebody finally goes oh, fine, get in there. Yeah, <laughs> like people okay. are just not dedicated. They, like, they're just you know. They're you, just, you realize yeah, the reason we we keep saying no is because you're going to die, right? <laughs> yeah, but then there's that one guy who's like, well. Um, yeah, this is going to make things harder. Uh, <laughs> but the funny thing about Audie Murphy is that most of his uh, most of his acting was done in westerns, and he was a good songwriter, he's a good singer. Man, <laughs> was very talented. He was also in the Red Red Badge of Courage. Great story too. Yeah, I mean, so, so yeah, when, I mean, mm-hmm. right. when we uh, when we when we settled on this topic, the the well, actually, the second movie that popped in my head. We're going to get to the first one here in a bit. Uh, but the second movie that popped into my head um, was *The Longest Day*, um, which is about the the uh, the invasion of of Normandy. Mm-hmm. Right. Which admittedly was, you know, it was it was not just America, um, but it was, you know, it was the it was the Allied forces. But right. because it was made in Hollywood, it had a lot of Americans in it. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah almost like America was was, the, was the where Canadian the was where it's oh, yeah it's almost like America was where the movie was made so we focused on on, uh, right. on our contribution. And, right, you think? <laughs> so. And um, speaking of Normandy invasions, uh, won't go on too long here since neither mm-hmm. of you, for shame, have seen Saving Private Ryan yet. But um, that's another um, obvious one to pick here. A lot of the whole, you know. Um, greatest generation, uh, courage under fire, sacrifice, brotherhood, et cetera, et cetera. All those, um, all mm. those, all those tropes. Um, not to be, you know, not mentioning those in a dismissive way. Um, just, you know, just to give you kind of an idea. Um, it's mm. it's one of those things where it's, it's hard to kind of. Um, a lot of movies are like this, of course. It's hard to just kind of sum up or encapsulate in a summary. You really do have to see it for yourself. Um, and a lot of the, um, a lot of how impressive the filmmaking is and stuff, like it really holds up for a movie that came out in 1998. You, uh, mm-hmm. you watch it today, and like uh, a lot of the, a lot of the cinematography and the effects, the shots they get and everything, a lot of it is just very, it's just very visceral and very well done, and like still just, right. you know, it's one of those things that ages extremely well, in my opinion, yeah. and um, just it's just solid all around. There's, you know, great acting and casting and direction and, and everything. It's just extremely good. One of those movies that uh, definitely lives up to the hype. And uh, I think part of it too was the, um, although it was a fictional story set within World War II, there is a lot of attention to detail with like um, historical accuracy and like practical ways that they made things look realistic and feel realistic. So a good mm-hmm. example of that is uh, one of the most iconic scenes in the movie is the opening, just insane, brutal, heart-wrenching D-Day invasion. Um, I've seen that scene. Invasion. Yeah, a lot of people have seen the scene and not seen the movie because it's just so like you know, intense and iconic, but, um, yeah, I kind of lost, I kind of lost my ability to keep watching when I saw the guy sit laying there with very realistic looking intestines outside of his own body. Right. That's the thing too, is that like, you have to have, uh, you have to be, you have to be very, um, (laughs) uh, tough to get through that, to see the rest of the movie. And some people just, I don't blame them. Like they just don't have the they just don't have the uh, the 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 fortitude to go beyond that and watch only because it's it's just it's it's brutal. Um, yeah. But part of uh, part of what they did there was they would have like. 
they would have these weights and things that they would put in the sacks so that it weighed the right amount and it would like kind of shift the right way and everything. So they, they got a lot of the like specific details down to make it really authentic and how people moved and how it was portrayed and everything. So I thought that was pretty cool. And of course, you know, everybody knows Tom Hanks is like, you know, Mr. World War II and is like crazy interested in all that stuff. And so he brought his, right. you know, his laser focus to that. And he was also involved in, um, making the uh the band of brothers series um on hbo which i also highly recommend it's really good it's a 10 part uh, series that i have seen yeah it's extremely good so yeah interesting bit of trivia about that uh in a lot of the scenes where people you know they would use real people who are real amputees for some of the some of the uh soldiers you know on that yeah also, just a um, funny is... little aside to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, if anybody wants to see David Schwimmer as a drill sergeant, yeah, that's right. David Schwimmer. <laughs> Watch the first episode of Band of oh, Brothers. Oh, that's my gosh. So it, it, it pays off well because Ross is horrible, and David Schwimmer, <laughs> drill sergeant, is... Yeah, uh, he is a, like a very hateable, reprehensible person. Yeah, so. you, he's a guy you love to hate. He's um, he's very much a um, uh, very much the stereotype of like green officers that don't know what the hell they're doing that are commanding NCOs mm-hmm. that are actually being the real leaders. <laughs> but uh, I won't spoil anything. But um, let's just say that um, his um, shall we say his his talents and proclivities are utilized um, in the best way possible. <laughs> <laughs> and leave it at that and see how it goes. So, uh, another war film that uh, I, I want to bring up, starring, oddly enough, Mark Hamill, um, The Big Red One. Oh, yeah. Who all's here from The Big Red One? <laughs> see, I've, I have watched many, many, many a World War II movie um, mm-hmm. from when I used to live with my grandfather, who watched them and westerns all the time because mm-hmm. he was a member of the greatest generation and i don't honestly i don't know why he would want to relive um the war but he seemed to really like to watch movies about it so well that's it's, it's something i've seen with a lot of my veteran friends mm-hmm. um you know it, it's not that they wanted to live the war that was a time for that was a time when everything that they did meant something i can see that like i just it was a time yeah, yeah. It was a, it's a time when they're in their lives when they they were doing something that they felt had meaning. Um, because you don't do something like that without you know finding something you know in it, uh, in it that is worthwhile. Um, you know, and I have, I have several friends who are veterans. Uh, at least at least one or two of which uh, you know, uh, one of my buddies uh, actually works out with you, uh, Mike. Um, you and both of you actually. Um, mm-hmm. Um, is a you know is a uh, combat veteran, um, you know, and that's you know one of the things you told me about is like you know I, I don't want to go back, but it's one of those things that that was a time when so, what I was doing had meaning, you know. But yeah, the Big Red One with Mark Hamill, 1980, uh, with Lee Marvin, Mark Hamill, and uh, some other kind of uh, Mark Hamill actually plays the uh, the kind of the POV character Griff. Uh, but Mark Hamill, Robert Carradine, um, and uh, uh, see Siegfried Rausch, Bobby De Ch- uh, Chico, and Kelly Ward uh, play basically the four the four horsemen. But yeah, it's actually it was a book that I had read before I even saw the movie. Yeah, a lot of these are gonna a lot of a lot of these movies are also very much based off of books. Um, yeah, that's true. There's a lot of that. 
Although it looks yeah. like actually the big red one was um, was novelized, but actually was was a movie first. Ah, yeah, which yeah, is interesting. Yeah, I remember reading the book. Uh, the you know how he was talking about when they were making the movie, how things were different. So you know, um, another another one um, that I remember watching um, when I was uh, in school. I don't remember the exact year, but. Um, I want to say around eighth grade or so is glory. And that is a great movie. And that's a different, we've been talking a lot about world war two stuff. That's another, you know, and we, we got some world war one thrown in there and obviously a revolutionary war, but that's another right. um, good example um, of, you know, it had um, Matthew Broderick, Morgan Freeman, a lot of great actors and it's just really well done. And it tells, you know, the story of the first um, all black um, military unit uh, fighting in the, for the union you know, it was a combination of uh, freedmen and runaway slaves and the like. And uh, it was pretty interesting seeing that whole journey of, um, you know, um, the groundwork that laid up to laid uh, that, that led up to it. And then um, the, the unit sorting itself out and everything as far as like, you know, how people would get along in it and all the strife and everything as they tried. Because it's something had never been done before and yeah. um, is, you know, and of course, you know, obviously the. It was actually the Union Army's second. African American reg- regiment, actually. Sorry. So it oh, had technically been done a little bit before, but not much. What was it? Yeah. Um, I, I thought there was some significance to the. Um, there was some first there, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe um, that was the that was the first one that was was it was that was the first one completely was it completely um, black unit? Maybe. Here's the thing. It's not really. All it's saying is it's the second African American regiment. Um, it's not saying why we're talking about the second one as opposed to the first one yeah. in the Wikipedia article. Um, so I, I, having not seen the movie, um, I don't know, although it has a bunch of actors whose work I like. Um, it's got Matthew Broderick, Denzel Washington, Carrie Elwes, Morgan Freeman. Yep. Yeah. These are names. These are all names that I like. I even like, I don't know why people like bag on Matthew Broderick. I think he's a fine actor. I think he picks bad scripts a lot, but I think he's a fine actor. <laughs> <laughs> Inspector right. Gadget, anyone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, Inspector Gadget, at the very least, has a really just great little, great little, little, uh, little um, back and forth at one point where Claw's talking to Gadget and Claw says, Comprende? And and Gadget says, Yeah, I comprende. And the movie completely derails for a second and says, it, where Claus says, "No, comprendo. I comprend. It. You have to decline the like. It completely. <laughs> he goes off on 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 not getting the proper declension of 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 the of the, of the, of the verb. Yeah. <laughs> funny things you, you don't run into in speaking. Right. Things you totally don't get in English. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah. And, and and as as bad a movie as that was, that is a scene that 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 will always draw a chuckle out of me, just because it's so completely, like it, it's so completely just out of left field, because you know it's this whole grand master evil plan. Stop for a brief lesson lesson in Spanish grammar. Uh, <laughs> well, and the thing is, is the, the thing that it, it does in a subtle way is delineates the you know basically not delineates shows the difference between claw and gadget all right save it for an inspector gadget episode right well just that he's so much smarter but anyways (laughs) um, do an inspector gadget episode i think i'm gonna put that on the list (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, something that was it had like two seasons. So, all right, are, are we up to are we up to invasion films? Uh, to what? I'm sorry. One of my personal favorite patriotic films. Uh, oh. The big one. Welcome to Earth. Yeah, welcome oh. to Earth. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think, the penultimate. Uh, I personally think is the penultimate, you know, patriotic film. I, I can think of of one more that should at least get passing mention before we get to the the, the our cli- our climax, as it were. But yeah, let's okay. talk about Independence Day. Okay. Um, I like Independence Day. I don't know why people bag on Independence Day, but people bag on Independence Day. It's an enjoyable movie, like you, like yeah. you, you know, like the delineation you make. It's a popcorn munching, watch things, watch shit blow up. You know, uh, you know, punching aliens. I mean, it's, I mean, it's got everything that a war movie has to have. It's got, it's got an opening action sequence. It's got an invasion. It's got the comeback from behind. Mm-hmm. It's you know, punching aliens, smoking cigars. You know, booze, guns. You know, and the hacker to uses battle. a Mac. Yeah, I was gonna say Jeff Goldblum <laughs> uses a Mac with a fucking right. Mac. Well, like, right? Right? I mean, it explains so much. Steve Jobs was an alien. That's why <laughs> mm-hmm. the Mac OS and the Alien OS were compatible, were capable of interfacing at all. <laughs> right. Well, and the funny thing is, though, it, it kind of explains that in a subtle way early on when mm-hmm. he talks about their systems were talking to ours. Yeah. Well, you know, the, they my my theory there is that uh, is that. Uh, since the you know the Roswell landing was real, a lot of mm-hmm. modern computer technology is actually based off of Built. alien tech, oh. and that's why we were able to do it. But it's right. never really fully explored or explained, like at all. Right, right. No, it's just you know the the mat becomes the MacGuffin that defeats the bad guys. Indeed. Here, I'll you know, give them a computer virus because I am that good at programming. I'll give well, them a computer a subtle... virus that that. That brings down their energy shields. Right. Well, I mean, think about it. L- look at the parallel between that and War of the Worlds. Yeah, definitely some parallels. Brought there, low no. by a virus. Just one was digital, the other was, you know, microbial. I always thought it was kind of weird that. Um, oh well, no, I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, signs. That's a different thing entirely. But I thought that was really dumb with signs. It was like, oh my gosh, water, and it's like. Bitch, this planet is mostly water. What are you doing? Seventy percent. Our surface is seventy percent covered in water. Yeah, maybe salt water doesn't bother me. Right. If you were going to come here for one particular resource that we just have laying around, that's the one. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, let's go invade that planet that's mostly acid. (laughs) Oh, um, (laughs) another thing, just to kind of mention, as now we don't have a whole lot of time left, but. Um, we talk about how a lot of these are, are war movies. Another common genre within the patriotic umbrella is uh, space movies, like Apollo 13, the right stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you have the whole space race and just general, you know, mm-hmm. um, space pioneer cowboys. spirit and everything. <laughs> yeah, we gotta very, we gotta uh, beat the Russians, right? Well, and then of course the most recent one, um, numbers. You mean hidden figures? Hidden figures, yes. Numbers, hidden figures, yes. Hidden yeah. figures, sorry. Had those next, yeah, but hidden figures, yeah. I, I mean, we'll talk about to see that in theaters, and I haven't gotten a chance to 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 uh, stream it yet either. But I w- definitely wanted to because, like, it 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 talks about about something that rarely gets talked about when it when uh, when people talk about going to space, which mm-hmm. is 
the obscene amounts of math and engineering that goes into it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And it talk oh, yeah. and, and it and it highlights the uh, the the criminally underrepresented uh, re- underrepresentation of the fact that it was a bunch of, of black women who did it. <laughs> yeah, with, just, with like, like slide rules. Yeah, that 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 no one <laughs> seems to really mention, even though like everyone's like, yeah. oh yeah, NASA. No, like. Keep in mind, this wasn't just NASA. This is a bunch of, of women who couldn't get jobs anywhere else because of their skin color. Right? And then, but yeah, and then, you because know, when we think of NASA, I mean, we tend to think of crew cut guys with glasses and ties. And pocket and, protectors. Yeah, but the, you know, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I mean, this was, this was a, you know, this is a, I mean, that is to me one of the most patriotic things of all is, you know, is, is the 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 hidden side of american history you know the good hidden side because there's a lot of crap that's hidden but still <laughs> you know um you know that we have these people who we you know who we are now starting to honor you know oh you talk about uh, having to beat the the russians um so a, a couple other good shout outs here that fall under that uh miracle the uh, 1980 um olympics uh, the big yeah about the miracle of ice and then the soviet yeah soviet I, uh, hockey teams that's I've, an interesting story i'm always i i've been a sucker for underdog sports movies for as long as i can remember going back to like the mighty ducks and the bad news bears yep. so miracle yeah. really really does like works for me yeah cause um, it's an actual right. like real thing yeah that like it really happened <laughs> yeah right yeah. so yeah so let me ask this i just you know we're talking about you know patriotic movies and things like that has anybody thought about one that starred patrick swayze and jennifer gray wait why no now? and i'm i'm not talking dirty dancing i'm talking red dawn oh right red dawn oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes I, I i try to forget about red dawn but it, it definitely did exist <laughs> i actually do uh, enjoy that movie um I think, um, yeah, I mean, some of it, of course, is, you know, very uh, over the top. Um, and look at what it was made. <laughs> but um, there's actually some, there's some oddly, like, there's some oddly deep and poignant stuff in there. A lot of people just focus yeah. on how, like, um, how over the top it is. And, of course, you know, the premise, because it's like, oh, a bunch of scrappy youths in, like, Michigan, like, mm-hmm. are the ones that are getting, you know, having the, the Soviets pair, uh, like, parachute in on and stuff but yeah there's there's like some oddly like deep stuff going on there if you actually watch it to the end like especially towards the end i remember there's this scene where like um the um there's like one of the uh spoiler alert anyone who hasn't seen it skip forward about 30 seconds here but um one of the main characters uh dies and his brother is like carrying him off to like bury him and then yeah, that he, is like, the he end. comes like yeah that's the very end like and he comes across this this um this um one of the invaders, I don't remember if he was actually like a Russian Soviet or if he was like one of the ancillary, like, you know, countries mm. that were part of the Union. Because uh, I think they had like some South American countries under their heel that, that helped participate in the invasion. But one of the big, like, you know, mm. um, one of the big people they've been the fighting. Time. Yeah, they yeah. just kind of have this moment where they look at each other and they're just like human beings. And it's like, they just don't give a fuck anymore after all the shit they've seen. Right. And he just lets yeah, them just go by bury his brother. Yeah, yeah, it was a really cool moment. And uh, I feel yeah. that there's a few scenes like that throughout the movie that are actually like really serious and well done, but it gets lost in the mix of ooh Wolverines and ooh Red Dawn and oh kill the cat and like everyone right. just focusing on the cartoonish aspects of it. But there's actually some pretty interesting yeah. stuff in that movie. 
Yeah, it really is. I mean, and yeah, I think it's Powers Booth that plays the uh, Air Force pilot. That oh, God. Yeah, him. that was such a great bit. Oh, yeah. Powers, man, fucking Powers Booth. That guy is great. He he so often plays a villain that it was, it was fun mm. to see him do that role. Like, he's the terrible yeah. guy in Deadwood, and he's the terrible guy in about 20 other things. We look him up on IMDb. He's just terrible guys as credit in half of his movies. Right. But yeah, that was good because he ends up dying trying to, you know, uh, uh, you know, end up taking out one of the T 62 tanks that was, you know, causing problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had a big, you know, go out with gusto moment. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that that was a that was an enjoyable movie, especially for the '80s when it came out. Oh, also speaking of that era, you know, Top Gun. Who can forget that? Speaking of oh, over the top God, '80s, yes. um, I've actually yeah, never I've seen, seen Top Gun, Gun either. <laughs> oh God, it is oh, man. Okay, so if you go and watch Top Gun, you're gonna want to leave and immediately go get a steak, drink some bourbon, and you know. And Lyra, you know, just it is. It is all about. I mean, it was the it was the Navy's top recruiting tool in the eighties. <laughs> this is right around the time I was joining the Air Force too. Indeed. So yeah. Oh, um, so what's another? The... No, sorry, I didn't mean to jump over you there. Another I thing I to, wanted to yeah, do a passing mention on, because um, a lot of these are still within the context of um, of military stuff. Uh, United ninety three was a really good movie um that tells the tale of the the flight that went down on 9-11 and the people retook it you know and it crashed but they they kept it from being used as a weapon right and that that was a that was a the whole let's roll thing that people may remember that Mm -hmm. quote from the guy who had his last moments you know recorded as he was communicating um this is one of those things where you know just um average people that are just stuck Mm -hmm. in a you know, extraordinary situation. Um, and of course the right. fact that they're not all, you know, they're not all like in uniform or whatever. They're just random people thrown together and, right. you know, did something right. that'll be, uh, that, that made history. So I think that was a really right. cool, um, homage that they did there. Right. There are, so another one, mm. uh, there, there are two movies that, that would need to be mentioned here. One is still our, is still our, Ooh, our big, uh, our, our big one we'll get to here at the end. But one that is oddly patriotic, even though it's patriotic for an America that no longer exists, um, that we mentioned last night when recording wasn't wasn't possible due to technical difficulties, um, is uh, Kevin Costner's three-hour movie, The The Postman. Right. Um, Because he he essentially rebuilds America through putting together a postal service. Um, Right. Or at least it rebuilds Washington State. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it is it is you know uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for it's it's true to the spirit of you know of patriotism you know, mm-hmm. you know this is an ideal that's worth fighting for um, it, yeah it, 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 is a, it is a it is a long movie you know it's it was made in his era when he basically you know was playing the character with no name yeah it's two hours and fifty seven minutes long. Um, and I have difficulty sitting through the Lord of the Rings movies (laughs) and and, like I enjoy, and and, and here's the thing. They are things that I am, that I would actively enjoy. Like Mm -hmm. the postman has the thing that stops it from being probably even actually a good movie, not just an enjoyable movie Mm -hmm. is that they needed to cut about 35 minutes out of the runtime. 
yeah, yeah. There, and they could have. There's a lot of there's like there's a lot of of times where he, where where there you get like long walking travel shots, and yes, they're beautiful. This that's something that can be said about almost uh, about most shots in the movie. It's very well shot. Mm-hmm. But um, that's funny because you can, you can say that about Lord of the Rings too. There's so many just wide shots of them walking. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we've got to, yeah, I've got to remember that most of the time in the Lord of the Rings was spent walking. I mean, they were yeah, they were a right. year on the road. And even but, yeah, then, was... the, sh- the, the travel shots aren't nearly as long and and and, and kind of plotting in right. in LOTR as they are in, in the postman. Right. I mean, they yeah. spend 20 minutes at that cabin in the you know in the woods. And then, you know, it's like, my God, we're not doing this in real time. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but, it was fun. Like, it, it's, it, it was worth, um, like, mm-hmm. I, I would say it's probably worth watching if you can watch it on something with, with an arrow key that lets you skip, skip forward five seconds every now and again. Right. <laughs> so two honorable mentions I want to throw out there. Sure. Um, oddly enough, Forrest Gump. Um, <laughs> Which is the story of America, you know, Point, in the sixties, seventies. I mean, you know, he is he does everything. Uh, I mean, it's granted, it's it's kind of a kind of a Mary Sue or Marty Stu, but it's it is very American. It is you know all the things you know, yeah. rushing into battle, bringing, but also it is bringing things back, talking, you know, you know, jogging, all the things that are American. But also, oddly enough, um, I'm not a big fan of Tom Cruise as a human being. But born on the Fourth of July, um, which will always have a you know a, a place in my heart because it's a veteran story. And there are little no crickets going on here. I, well, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I I've heard of the movie, it, so. or at least I I'm assume I've heard of the movie. Um, <laughs> I've heard the lyric in the ver- in the in the nearly unknown verse of to Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah. No yeah. one knows the verses to this. It, it, it's an actual song. It's not just a chorus. Um, right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, let's see here. I was trying to try. Well, to I guess this actually the song is Yankee Doodle, but still. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see here. Well, there we go. It's an 89 film. It's an Oliver Stone film. Um, it's uh, uh, based on the autobiography of Ron Kovic. Um, um, you know, and his uh, basically going from being a soldier to being an anti-war activist. Um, which, you know, you see a lot in, sometimes in soldiers, um, you know, is, is going, you know, becoming, you know, coming out against war because, hey, we've seen it. War is hell, as they say. Yeah. Yep. Yes, it's always, the, it's always the question of uh, wisdom and necessity of the conflict, not necessarily, you know, because like everybody is hmm. against war in the sense that war is hell. And no, you know, right. if you revel in war, then you're an idiot and yeah. bloodthirsty. Um, but yeah. yeah, and I should actually briefly uh, mention a, a brief retraction. The initial, the initial song "Yankee Doodle" is super old and uh, does not bear the the verse "I was born on the Fourth of July." The uh, the song "The Yankee Doodle Boy," which is also known as "I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy," um, which was written and released in 1904, is the one that has "I was born on the Fourth of July." So, right. sorry, I I feel like I must I I should be try to be accurate when I can. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of permutations of that, so yeah. understandable. Right. Of course, I mean we're also forgetting Patton. Yeah, we don't really have time to do that justice, though. I have a feeling we'll do it yeah. somewhere. We, um, we could do an episode one. on Patton. Yeah. We could. Yeah, we, we absolutely really could. could. And um, I, my one thing I will say briefly on that is um, that is also a very long movie, but doesn't feel as long. It doesn't feel nearly as long. It's true. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, pacing is excellent in that movie. Yep. So, yeah. And that, George that's... C. Scott. George C. Fucking Scott. George oh, C. Scott. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that maybe next year around this time. Um, right. So. So the movie that we that we have been teasing, ooh, uh, which was the first movie that that jumped into my head when someone talked about let's talk about patriotic, rah rah re American America movies, um, is a movie starring an Australian man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mad Max. No wait. <laughs> right, right, Australian man. Uh, wrong right. movie. <laughs> right. um, but no, this is this would be uh, the Patriot. Uh, starring Mel Gibson. Um, mm-hmm. Back I when think a young Heath Ledger. Yeah, I I remember it has the guy who played Odo in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, Heath Ledger plays, uh, plays Gabriel Mel Gibson's eldest son. He is one of the other main roles in the movie. You are correct. I remember that. And he dies. Um, Spoiler alert. But yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't. I didn't think he died. He he did. I thought he was did. the one that survived. I, he, well, he survived up to a point, and then tragically got killed right there's a early on there's a close call situation like he's about to get hung as a traitor and then they save him but then later on he gets uh mm. gets stabbed by that that wily brit uh, and is mortally wounded so oh, hey yeah. uh the second movie by roland emmerich we've talked about so far yeah it's kind of funny mm-hmm. uh independence day you know we we're talking about that and <laughs> it's the uh, same director but i mean it makes sense because i mean the, the patriot's a great movie but it's not um it's you know uh, there's a lot of um, you know you have like fictional characters with like amalgams the composites of historical figures and stuff there's a it's a lot of like um, just kind of um, I don't know style as opposed to substance you know um, so yeah you got to know what you're getting into like it's not gonna if you're looking for something historically accurate or more cerebral this is not the movie for you it is a great movie but that's not really what it's about more of a personal story yeah. anyway with all the family stuff going on local militia right. stuff yeah and you know in the end i mean his wife dies um and then he ends up remarrying and having you know, more kids but yeah it is it is kind of like the basically it's a travel log of you know of the of the uh you know of the revolutionary war well, his uh, his should be I mean, pointed out that it's massive, like like everything else, like other movies that uh, Roland Emmerich has made, uh, bears very little uh, relation to actual reality. Right, um, right. It's a yeah. good movie, but it's not historically accurate in the right. damn least. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, his. You know, his whole. You know, his his tragedies and triumphs are kind of a microcosm of the. Uh, you know, the colonies becoming America, really. Mm-hmm. Not a terribly subtle yeah. um, parallel, but it's it's there nonetheless. Yeah, I was looking over some of the info on it, and uh, I thought it was um, interesting. They they were they they were talking about the casting, and um, they said that uh, Heath Ledger, uh, they had it narrowed down to Ryan. Uh, is it? I always forget how you is it Felipe? How is that how you pronounce? It? I always mess up his last name. Um, right, and Felipe, Heath yeah. Ledger. Yeah, they were the the last two, and it says with the latter chosen because the director thought he possessed exuberant youth <laughs> i just that amused me for some reason i just thought i was like yes he was a rather exuberant youth um yeah. interestingly enough uh, elijah wood was also considered uh, jake gillenhall was also considered to play him which, um harrison ford mm-hmm. was offered the role of benjamin martin and turned it down he didn't really like the script so that's kind of an interesting factoid as well man that movie would have been so different with ford in that role 
Yeah, I, there's a lot of those what ifs that I would love to see happen. They're just interesting uh, thought experiments. Um, right. But yeah, um, like we said, just really enjoyable movie. Um, not historically accurate at all, but yeah. you know, right. Emmerich, what do you expect? Punch alien in the face. It was, uh, but it, it got <laughs> yeah. it, it. The the there the spoiler of the week is literally actually just a, a line from this movie. Um, uh, Mel Gibson and. I can't remember who some other guy are sit, are sti- are talking about. Hey, we captured this. We captured this this wagon. It had documents, money, wine, and dogs. And he was like, "Well, I say we burn the wagon, eat the dogs, and leave." And Odo oh. said, "Eat the dogs." To which <laughs> to which Mel responds to him, "Oh yes, dog is a dog is a fine meal." And I think that I think the upshot of it is that the, there were two Great Danes that were it, the. The British Colonel's personal dogs. Yes, they were, and and right. and it should also be pointed out that they don't end up eating the dogs, and in fact, the dogs um, defect to the uh, to to the, the, the American to side. the American side. <laughs> well, the yeah, British the royal got the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if you're if you're a real American, you could you know you could posit that the Brits weren't real men, and dogs are man's best friend. So. <laughs> Oh, that was terrible, terrible, terrible. It really was. I, I think you should. I think you should probably uh, just uh, just go ahead and, and and stop forever now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can get away with it. I'm old. Ah, yeah. old joke. <laughs> How we finally got there. So, what was it like fighting in the Revolutionary War, Ben? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the airports. You know the Battle of Bowling Green. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, we took that airport, man. It was, you know, it was uh, some tough mm-hmm. fighting. <laughs> oh, God, I'm terrible. Oh. Yeah, you are. But that's why we love yeah. you. Yeah. So, <sighs> uh, yeah. The Patriot was definitely a flag waver of a movie, man. I mean. Yeah. Sometimes literally. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the last the last fight at the end, you know. Yeah. Uh, he literally picks up, the, you know, picks it up and runs through it. You know, it's like, oh my god! Also, the man can use a tomahawk. Yep, he can. Oh god! Which, yeah. which, like, uh, I, I've been thinking a little bit here, and it's like we're talking about American patriotism, and we're definitely not um, mentioning the whole like Native Americans were here first. Um, thing. Yeah, because this is a different kind of holiday. Um, yeah. Um, but by the same token, you know, a lot of what kept us alive was, I mean, the, learning the tomahawk. I mean, they, and they address yeah. it in the movie is, you know, the Cherokee were, were their allies mm-hmm. and bad things happened to them. Yeah, well, we, we really, we, we really, there's not, there's not a monolithic Native yeah. American, there, there's a bunch of different tribes that, you know, were very different. Exactly. From one another, and yeah. the relations between them and, and uh, you know, uh, yeah. oh, the entire... were very different. Yeah, but in, in general, the Europeans really done screwed over the Native population when we when they came here. And it's yeah. good to, and, and it is good to, rem- to remain um, thoughtful of that fact. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you ever get a chance... Um, the Cherokee Heritage Center in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, is a very enlightening visit. Um, because if nothing else, you can actually hear Cherokee spoken. It is a beautiful language. Uh, they have an actual Cherokee village from where they were in South Carolina. I, I go here because my mom is uh, on the rolls of the Cherokee Nation. Um, so Very cool. 
And I'm sure that there are, oh, you know, and to, to do an exhaustive study of every one of the indigenous peoples, you know, every one of the nations that was here first, it, that's a lifetime's work yeah. for each one, <laughs> you know. Uh, another um, interesting little factoid, I, it's been so long since I watched this. Apparently Adam Baldwin played Captain James Wilkin, loyalist colonial dude. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just completely forgot he was in this. <laughs> yeah. I, I should really, like, it's on Netflix. I should really just go ahead and rewatch it. Right. Of course, Baldwin was in, man, Baldwin was in a lot of patriotic movies. Oh, and you know, the one we forgot, we mentioned last night, Get Off My Plane. Oh, oh yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't mention a, a movie, yeah, like a, a movie that was all about, yeah, about raw America, um, right? which, uh, you know, which was Air Force One and the President of Air the Team. United States. As portrayed right. by Harrison Ford, um, yeah. which is like what happened? What would happen if, if Jack Ryan got a, you know elected to? Uh, well, <laughs> to the, for, for that matter, <laughs> shoot, we didn't mention like all of the Tom Clancy film adaptations. Yeah, Jack we could do a Tom yeah. Clancy episode. Yeah, up. looks like well, looks like of, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to just put Tom Clancy on the list because. Yep. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> well, we've got we've got Memorial Day uh, coming up. You know, I mean, we have other patriotic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. America-themed, uh, you know, America-themed uh, holidays coming up. We can, you know, we can kind of put into that, too. Indeed. Because, yeah, I mean, Patton, its own episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've got it on the list. Um, All right. I can't. It's although on I, I got the a, list. I've got to briefly mention, just because I'm thinking about it and... I, it's it's another one of my favorite just individual scenes in uh, most movies. Uh, mm-hmm. The sniper scene from Clear and Present Danger. Um, because, oh, yeah. because such is a, is a sneaky bastard, sir. Yeah, well, no, he's a sneaky he's bastard, a, sir. Yeah, the the, uh, the 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 a sniper is doing training and uh, and taking out targets, and they call an all clear, and the sniper stands up like twenty feet from them. And they and they said, Jesus Christ, son, how'd you get there? And the uh, sniper responds, Sniper approached the target by being a sneaky bastard, sir. <laughs> and I like that character because he ends up being instrumental later on. Yeah. Wait, was that? Um, I, I don't remember that if that was, was the same guy or not. Was that Clark? Was that Willem Dafoe's character? No. Uh, no. Uh, I think Willem it was Dafoe. Was Willem Dafoe was was uh, was auditioning him. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, right. Give me a second here. Who was the who? Um, Hang on, I'm looking for cast. Yeah, um, yeah. The movie's '94. It's been a minute. Right. Uh, Miguel Sandoval. Let's see here. Chavez was the sniper. Um, who... Okay, that's Raymond Cruz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Raymond Cruz. Raymond Cruz as. Um, and, uh, to the closer in Major Crimes. Mm. It's, it's one of it's just it, it's one of my favorite. Like it, it it is one of those film one of those lines that's right up there with me, uh, along with "We Are Bad Men" and "For the Money." Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who yeah. are you? Why are you doing this? Yeah, bad, bad men and for the money, which is so <laughs> just it's it, it's one of my favorite little just bits of writing in all in like all of movies because it's well, so my, succinct my other... and brilliant. <laughs> Well, yeah, my, my other favorite from that same movie, I think, is uh, 
you know, it's like, what if I, you know, what if I find, uh, you know, smugglers, what if I do not, uh, you know, want a, a smuggler's life and I'll have to slit your throat and we'll be two, we'll be a, a, a two men short. I'm like, well, then, uh, you know. smuggling is the life for me. Life and I would be glad me. to kill your friend, the worm. Friend the worm. <laughs> Which is just like this, this, this beautiful banner back and forth between the two of them. You know? Very well written movie. Um, oh, yeah. Now we're going to go watch that. Yep. All right. Um, we are, uh, we, we're, we're pretty much at time here. So, um, any final thoughts or anything, gentlemen? Happy 4th of July. Past. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, past. <laughs> we, we, well, I mean, historically, I believe America has been at war more years than it has been at peace over, yeah. the, over the course of its life. Yeah. Over the course of its, his, course of its history. Yeah. Um, you know. And, it's and also had a relatively that, short history compared to a lot of other countries. It's so. true. I mean, also yeah. True. We, <laughs> 200, we're coming up on 250 years, 245 years right now. Um, um, 239 right now, if I'm, if yeah. I'm doing the math right. Um, but our, yeah. our bisexquicentennial is in six years. So that is 250? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're at 239. It's in, it's in 26. Yeah. So... Uh, two hundred. Yeah, we're at two forty-four at the moment. Two forty-four. So yeah, and if, well, I can't math, but um, got to get my. I have a calculator in front of me, so that's the only reason I can seem like I can. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, we, we've had a very violent history, but most, you know, I think there's a lot that we've done on the other side. Space program. I mean, that's about mm-hmm. as American as it gets. The right stuff. Um, I think is is a big one. That we, you know. Another thing to keep in mind is a lot of um, um, a lot of the um, a lot of the conflict, a lot of the war. It's um, it was you know um, it was the catalyst before um, an important change happened. I mean, obviously, the Revolutionary mm-hmm. War itself um, helped mm-hmm. create the country and, and let um, the ideals of, of liberty be a thing to begin with. And is 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 much is as much war as you've you've seen in American history. I think a lot of times people are uh, including Americans themselves, are, are too quick to, to dog on, oh, we're all this bloody and violent culture, blah, blah, blah. The thing you have to remember in the greater historical context is um, this is really the first time that you've had a superpower of ideas and a supposed mm-hmm. empire of ideas and commerce and like the, the ideas that, um, you know, we have ideals of, of liberty and, um, and, you know, um, well, and I coexistence think, I think... And, and freedom. And like, the thing is, <clears throat> you have to remember like World War II, when we won, we didn't just take Germany. We didn't just take Japan. We didn't just take Italy. Throughout the course right, of we human history. Them. Yeah, throughout the course of human history, that's how war worked. You won and then you to the victor goes the spoils. Um, right. Now, granted, in the early days, you know, you have the whole expansion and stuff and, you know, America, the yeah. whole Manifest Destiny and all that stuff. But you're talking about modern American history. It's very, right. I don't think you get enough, America America doesn't get enough credit for the fact that it doesn't just go, well, we won, so we're going to keep all your shit now and it's ours. Right. Like, it hasn't been a conquering force, I would argue. Uh, like you right. said, we, we spent all this time and money and effort and everything rebuilding our enemies and turning mm-hmm. them into allies. We are now right. allies with with uh, with the UK, with Germany, with Italy. Um, so many countries. Nearly everyone we've yeah, yeah nearly almost, everyone we've ever fought a war with. Right, That's right. Pretty much <laughs> the entire Middle East. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're working on that. But another thing, uh, you know, you bring up, Mike, you know, is that that incredible diversity. The thing that made us, you know, so powerful is our intense diversity. When, you know, we needed a code that, you know, that nobody could break, we went to the code talkers, man. We went to our, you know, to people uh, who, you know, we, we invited, you know, German scientists over who were fleeing Germany. You know, right. we didn't, you know, I mean, granted, we have a lot of attitudes of, you know, them darn foreigners, but when it comes down to it, when push comes mm -hmm. to shove, as a, as a, you know, as a nation, one of the things that we have learned how to do is, you know, is adapt, uh, use, you know, and, and bring that diversity and make it the strength that, you know, that has made us a world power, you know, is pull, you know, even if we were shitty to people at one point, you know, when at a certain point we're going, hey, you know what, this is a thing We're it's, we're not, we're the mutts of, you know, of the world right now, because we have so many, you know, so many, um, cultures you know we're the great we're the great melting pot so yeah if we need something we're gonna put together you know you know russian ruggedness with german you know precision and you know right and you know we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna be, you know meritocracy it doesn't matter where the idea or skill comes from it's the fact that it's the the one that works the best you know it's about the idea exactly. not the, that's the thing is there's so many countries over the course of human history where it's just like okay well i'm part of this tribe or my skin is this color or i have this heritage or whatever it is like mm -hmm. oh i have this royal decree to rule this place or whatever like exactly it, america is unique in that it doesn't it rejects all of that and that's uh something that you know bears mentioning is that george washington had the opportunity mm -hmm. to essentially just become another monarch and he was like that's like the ultimate temptation they were like oh my gosh george washington we worship the ground you walk on you're you're a war hero and the best ever at everything and he rejected it and walked yep. away from they literally yeah. tried to crown him king. Which is like the ultimate in irony. Like that's embarrassing. That's an embarrassing part of American history that after all that happened, people were still just like, Yeah, yo, could you be our king now? And I'm like, he's like, Have you yeah, been paying the attention this whole time? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what <laughs> people were used to. And he was like, did we just not yeah. Um, and that's the thing is we don't have so much I mean, in a certain way we have bloodlines, you know, when you get up to like the bomb the Boston Robins and things like that, but we don't have, you know, a royalty. We uh, like I said, we are the mutts of, of you know of the world because we took you know Quakers and you know and uh, you know criminals and, and whatnot. You know the only country that's nearly as as weird as we are is Australia. <laughs> so it was founded by uh, by the UK trying to get rid of its prisoners. Exactly. Um, it's like yeah, let's kick all our prisoners, all our all our unwanted people because they're probably like look, look at, well look at the wildlife. Out. Look at how dangerous wildlife is. They won't last five minutes out there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because you know you think they would have learned their lesson with the colonies. <laughs> you know. In in reaction to what ben, to what you've been saying, Ben, I I am reminded of uh, of of the following passage. Keep okay. ancient lands your storied prompt your your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless, tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Yeah, the poem on uh, the at the Statue of Liberty. On the Statue of Liberty's, uh, that, that's technically the second stanza of the of the thing because there's actually a a bit just describing, hey, it's a big it's a big ass statue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not as poetic, yeah. <laughs> no, like it's. Yeah. 
Yeah. But um, she to, quote, to quote the great line from Deuce Bigelow, that's a huge bitch. <laughs> but yes, um, I, and that then that is something that that does make America great. Mm-hmm. At the risk of uh, at at the risk of copyright of uh, trademark uh, violation. Um, no, it's you. You left that third. You got left that fourth fourth word off of it. I think you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, um, happy Fourth of July to yeah, everyone. Happy Independence Day. Happy yeah. Independence Day. Yes. Um, try not to blow your hands off. Please. Yeah. Fireworks. Yep. Try not celebrate to... responsibly. Yes. Right. Don't try not be... to. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> don't. Uh, don't. Don't. Don't uh, be like my uncle who has a massive burn scar on his arm from when he was shooting Roman candles out of his hand. <laughs> don't hold Roman candles while they're firing. Which yes, um, so many people do. Yeah. Don't be like I was, which uh, with where I, you know, nearly died about five years ago um, because a mortar misfired and exploded at ground level, and I had like three more mortars in a pocket. Um, off, like you can't really plan for that, but uh, it m- my pants got singed, but on the other pocket side. So like if it, I'd just been facing the other direction, I would have at the very least no longer had a lower half. Yeah. Um, so please be safe, everyone. When in doubt, right. read instructions and look up the safety tips and, for that. And don't look down the the uh, the the mortar tube like an idiot mm-hmm. ever. Right. Do oh, not God. do not ever gaze at the business end of a firework. They yes. are they yeah. are they literally are bombs. They're just pretty right. bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fireworks are made yeah, to do exactly. one thing blow up and look pretty doing it. <laughs> uh, we will talk to you again in a couple weeks. This has been Neil. <laughs> the one true Ben. And Mike. And we will talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. Go home, Craig. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter Sigma and the number of the sum of all the following numbers in the equation. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, liking, subscribing, following, etc., etc., all those things that help build the algorithm and make us easier to discover. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by making a one-time donation on our website, www.workingtheoryproductions.com, or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. This episode was delayed by health problems. I'm better now, but uh, there were things were a little bit touch and go this last week. Sorry about that, everyone.